0: Welcome back, uh, as I always say, to our study of the book of Proverbs. We're in chapter 3, and let's go ahead and read. uh, Start in verse 1, and we're going to read down to verse 10. My son, do not forget my teaching, and let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Do not let kindness and truth leave you. Bind them around your neck, write them on the tablets of your heart. So you will find favor and good repute in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your body and refreshment to your bones. Honor the Lord from your wealth and from the first of all your produce, so your barns will be filled with plenty, and your vats will overflow with new wine. Now today we're going to be looking at verses 9 and 10. Let me read them again. Honor the Lord from your wealth, and from the first of all your produce, so that your barns will be filled with plenty, and your vats will overflow with new wine. Now as always, when we study a text, we need to study it in its context. And if you go back up to verse Five, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. And then in verse six, in all your ways, acknowledge him. And in verse seven, do not be wise in your own eyes. And then he talks about honoring the Lord through our giving, through our returning to him a portion of what he has given to us, of how he has prospered us. Now, this is very closely linked linked to um, to trust, to trust. You know, one of the things that uh, most reveals the heart of a person, and we're going to see that, is how they handle money. And money is so extremely important in our world that to work hard uh, for money, for wealth, and then to simply give it back is an act of worship, but it's an act of worship that is, uh, that springs forth from trusting in the Lord. All right. So let's, we're just going to go through some notes here and we're going to talk and we want to, um, we want to really make sure that we maintain a balance here. Uh, because as you know, when, <laughs> yeah, you know, if you ever watch these TV preachers and them talking about wealth, um, it borderlines some of it on just being blasphemous talk. It's, it's horrible. And you can automatically see when they begin to talk about these things that their God is their stomach. And, um, and they care more about wealth than they care about God. And they're manipulating people. We don't want to do that at all. Because it, it really, really is a heinous crime before the Lord and will be judged one day. Yet at the same time, we don't want to deny that God can prosper his people and God does bless a generous person. So let's go on. Um, Verse nine, honor the Lord from your wealth. Now, the word honor actually comes from a Hebrew verb that that means um, to be heavy or to be weighty. (laughs) So um, what does that mean? How do they translate that into honor? Well, When something is really important, you know, a matter at hand is very important or conversation. What do we say? It is a very weighty matter or it is a very weighty conversation. And when something is of little importance or something is very, very insignificant, what do we say about it? It's it's light. It's light. It's not that important. So I think you're kind of getting the idea here Um, to honor the Lord. Um, is to attribute. I've written something down here and I want to get it all in because I, I want to be really clear. To honor the Lord is to attribute to God great weight, significance, value and acknowledge his rightful rule, our place of authority in our lives. Did you see that when we honor God, what are we doing? Well, we are. Attributing great weight, significance to God, not just among the great, but that he has preeminence, that he is supreme, that he is the most important topic of any conversation. He's the most important person in the room, in the universe, that um, not that he's just like us, but better and bigger. He's not like us at all. He's in a category all to his own. And so to honor God is, first of all, to treat him with the utmost significance. Years and years ago, a book was written, My Utmost for His Highest, and because he is the highest. Um, it also, when we honor God, we're acknowledging his right to rule over us. And, and if you go back to Exodus chapter 20, uh, right before the law is given, he says that that he's he's the God, the Lord God of, of the universe, uh, which says he has a right over us as creator. But Then he said that he had also redeemed Israel from slavery in Egypt. So he had a right over Egypt, uh, over Israel, not only as creator of Israel, But as the redeemer of Israel, and we can say the same thing, uh, except with uh, even greater um, emphasis with regard to our relationship with God. We owe God honor the highest esteem because he made us and he sustains us. But most of all, because he redeemed us and he didn't redeem us by bringing us out of Egypt, by defeating the Egyptians, he redeemed us through the precious blood of his only son. And because of that, um, we're indebted to him. And it is our obligation, our duty, our right and our privilege to honor him. Now, one of the ways that Israel was to honor God, one of the ways was to um, show and, and to show their esteem for God and to acknowledge his rightful rule over them, was by paying tribute to him. And, and we are to do the same. That we are to honor God out of our wealth. We are to honor God. It's an act of worship out of uh, the money we make, the income that we earn. But I want you to see something here. Um, what the writer of Proverbs is actually saying is, first of all, we must have a right view of God, that he is worthy. Second of all, that when we give to God um, from our finances, we are acknowledging his right to rule over us as king and we are honoring him and worshiping him as king. Now, it says to honor the Lord from your wealth and from the first of all your produce. Now. Obviously, uh, Israel was basically a society of, of farmers, whether it was uh, sheep or goats or, or grains, uh, they were farmers. And so that's why it says produce here. Now, unless you're a farmer, you'll be honoring the Lord from the wealth of, of your income, of your income. And, and listen, y- young person, um, when my boys first began to work, um, not for me, because if they worked for me, I didn't pay them. <laughs> they, they ate in my house and they slept in my house. That was enough. And I, I bought them clothes. So when they worked for me, they didn't get paid. Um, but when they were 14, they started doing jobs around construction sites. And by, by 15, grabbing a hammer and doing things. And from the very beginning, they were taught what? That you should honor the Lord from your income. From your income. Now, the idea is that God should have preeminence in our lives and in every matter of our life. So when we say that we should honor the Lord out of our wealth, we're saying that he should have first place there, but not to the exclusion of everywhere else. In every aspect of our life, in everything we do, in everything we are, we're to honor the Lord. Now, do you honor the Lord? Now, I want you to think about this. Do you honor the Lord? Let me put it um, maybe in a a more common way. Uh, Where does what place does the Lord have on your list? Fourth, fifth, second, first. Where does God show up on your list? Is he preeminent? Does he take first place? Let me ask you some questions. Does he come in first place? um, when you're thinking about what you're going to do with your money, does he? Because it says, look what it says here. um, Honor the Lord from your wealth and from the first of all your produce. Does he come in first place when when you get a salary, you get an allowance, whatever you get in your house, Uh, you go out and work, deliver newspapers or mow lawns or haul hay or run cattle, I don't know, whatever you do, when you make money, Is the first part of that separated unto the Lord? Then it goes farther than that. Uh, Does he come first place with regard to your time? Now, come on, don't don't play with me. When you get up in the morning. Where does he fit in? If he should have the first produce of all our uh, or the, the first fruits here, I think it says of all our. Produce. Should he have the first fruits of our time? And you know, what I have discovered, if you don't schedule the Lord first, he's probably going to keep getting bumped down the schedule until you get ready to go to bed at night and you realize you haven't spent time with the Lord. So when you're allocating your money, does you separate first unto the Lord? When you allocate your time, do you separate first unto the Lord? And now, with regard to... Uh, relationships, is he first? Now, some of you are 17, 18, uh, maybe, and uh, maybe you think you found that person. And all of a sudden, you know, that very special uh, young man or young lady uh, in your life. And that's all you can think about. And honestly, there's nothing wrong with with that. That's a good thing. But if it's all you can think about and it becomes the number one thing you think about, then you're not doing any good for yourself and you're not doing any good for the young lady or the young, young boy. It is very, very important to realize something. For example, the closest relationship I have with a human being on this planet. It's not with my children, it's with my wife. And uh, she should take precedent even over my children. But my relationship with the Lord takes precedent even over her Do you understand. I have ministry, I have many obligations taking care of missionaries every day and things like that and having to travel to preach, but that shouldn't take precedent over what? My my personal relationship with the Lord. Do you see? So when we talk about honoring the Lord from, from our wealth, that's just one part of our life. We need to honor Him in every. Area. And we could just go on and on. Do you honor him with your eyes? Do you are you fixed on on his purposes? You know, his goals, his beauty, his splendor. Uh, Do you honor him with your mouth? Let me ask you a question. This is something I ask my kids all the time. How much time during the week do you spend talking to someone else about God? And I don't necessarily mean doing evangelism. But when you're with other young people at church, you also profess to be Christians. What do you talk about? Does he have first place now? Now, I want you to understand something, kids. Uh, <laughs> you know, we all talk about a lot of things because we have a lot of interests and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. A lot of the guys that work at HeartCry, they're hunters. And when October comes around and it's deer season, they talk a lot about deer. And that, that's not a problem. Um, but. Just be honest with your conversations. Where does Christ fit in? Where does God fit in? Does he even fit in at all? I mean, if you had a stopwatch, would it be 30 seconds a week? I mean, what's going on? Think about it. Remember, we're not just studying Proverbs so we can study Proverbs. We want our life to change, you see. Now, Here's some things we're going to try to get to in in this lesson. I hope we can get to it. But why is putting God first with regard to our income, our economic resources so important? I mean, he could have brought up a lot of other things here, but he says honor the Lord from your wealth and from the first of all your produce. I mean, why does he bring it that up? Well, here are some reasons. First of all, because of the love of money is one of the greatest competitors to our love for God. Now, money is a neutral thing. And it's not sinful to possess money or have money or use money wisely or make a lot of money. But but the question that really comes down to it is where is our love? Where is our love? If you say, I love God more than the dentist, (laughs) you probably haven't said a whole lot. I mean, not too many people want to go to the dentist. But one of the things that has priority in the hearts of most people on this planet is money, because money just about changes everything, just about changes everything. If you have money, you can have fame. If you have money, you can have power. If you have money, you can uh, you can fulfill many of your your lusts and your desires. So money is a thing that people desire. And so when you compare your love for God. And your desire for money, it really allows you to see how much prominence or preeminence that God has in your life. So uh, the one of the reasons I believe he talks about money here is because love for money is one of the greatest competitors to our love for God. Secondly, because our relationship to money, the way we handle money is one of the greatest indicators of our relationship with God. The way you handle money, what you say about money, what you think about money, what you do with your money is really a a really, really good way of of understanding just how devoted to God you are. And I want us to go to Matthew chapter six for a moment. Matthew chapter six. Let's keep our place in in Proverbs and we're going to see something uh, very, very important. Matthew, chapter six, verse 19, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. So now this is not saying you shouldn't have a savings account or a retirement account or that you should never leave an inheritance to your children. That's not what it's saying, but it's just letting you know something. All the treasures on this earth, even if it's gold in Fort Knox, is temporal and can be lost quickly, quickly. Verse 20. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in or steal. The only place where your treasures will be secure is in heaven. Now, what does that mean? It. There is a real fence in which which the Christian Once we're truly converted and we're trusting in Christ and our position before God is sealed and in Christ by faith in Christ. There is a question of how we're going to live our life and we need to think about investments to think about investments. Um, I could take my life and invest whatever talent I may have or whatever resources I may have invest it in order to build a big treasure here on Earth. But even if no one ever steals it and it's always mine, it's still going to separate itself from me at death. Uh, Like someone said, I've never seen a moving truck behind a hearse. No, you don't take it with you. And, um, And and that's the idea here. But if I live for the Lord and I use my resources and I use my talents for the Lord, for his glory and for the benefit of his people to spread his gospel throughout the world. There is a real sense in which I am placing my treasure in heaven. I am making an investment in eternity. And I think about it. This is not about, oh, that missionary is so humble. He may not be humble at all. He just may be smart and wise instead of investing his entire life in a treasure that he cannot keep. He's investing his entire life in order to build a treasure somewhere else where he can have it for all eternity. What was it, Jim Elliott, the famous missionary? He is no fool who gives up that which he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. That was found in his Bible. Jim Elliott was the young man who was martyred in South America. But think about it. He had talent. He was very intelligent. He was an athlete. so many things, they said he had a wonderful personality. He had so many things going for him. And he he chose to give up the world. And he died for it quickly, wasn't a missionary very long. But his treasures in heaven. So here's the thing, young uh, young man, just a, on the side here, young men and women. Um, it's not that. I'm not thinking about treasure. I am. I'm just thinking about where I'm going to put it. It's not that, um, you know, missionaries and people like that, they're like, you know, monks who don't care about anything. No, we care about things. It's just where we want to put them? Where do we want them? A treasure here that we lose or a treasure there that we cannot lose? Now, come on. This is all about wise investments, isn't it? Think about it. Well, let's go on Um, 21 for where your treasure is there. Your heart will be also. Where's your treasure? Because where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. And here's something now, again, I'm I'm all for wonderful conversations about a multitude of subjects, but. Usually the thing the person cares about the most is the thing they talk about the most. I mean, a young man meets a young girl that thinks this is the one. It's all he can talk about. Uh, Guys who love hunting during hunting season is all he can talk about. How much do you talk about Christ? How much do you talk about his glory? How much do you talk about longing to see him? Yeah, I think about treasure in heaven. I don't really know what it means, but I know this. My real treasure in heaven is perfect, unhindered communion with God. Through Jesus Christ, my Lord. Now, does that come out in your conversation? Do you talk much about Jesus? Do you long to see him? Do you long to be with him? Do you look at this uh, journey of yours on this earth? as just a pilgrimage that, yes, you want to enjoy. You want to laugh and love and experience many things. There's nothing wrong with that. But Still, do you realize it's a pilgrimage and you're headed toward another place where your true love is found? And are you living in such a way to build treasure there or to build treasure here? What about it? All right, let's go on. 22, the eye is the lamp of the body. Then if your eye is clear, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light that is in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? You know that's a very difficult verse. Even some of the greatest commentators acknowledge how difficult it is. But but I think it's this um, whatever you're focused on is going to determine kind of what you become. If your eyes are focused on eternity, if they're focused on Christ, if they're focused on the kingdom and service to the kingdom, then that has a way of entering into you, impacting everything in your life, it directs everything in your life toward that goal. But if you if your desire, if your eye is set on wealth and on money and on ease in this life or whatever this world can offer you. It has a corrupting influence. It's kind of like just eating you from the inside out. There's just darkness. And he says in verse 24, no man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one or despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. You can't. Now, you say this, you say something like, well, you know, my dad is a financial advisor, so is he in sin or? My dad is a very uh, successful businessman. Is he in sin or is my, you know, my mom, she's she's a brilliant uh, doctor or something and makes a lot of money. Is she in sin? Maybe, maybe not. You see, the the whole thing is not, um, oh, he's a businessman, so he's in sin. The question is, he's a businessman, but for what? For the glory of God or for wealth? to use on himself. Is he a businessman because he knows God has gifted him in this area and is prosperous, but he uses that for the glory of God, for the help of God's people, for the expansion of the kingdom? You know, when I was a missionary and uh, first starting out, man, was I poor, well, found out that I needed a, a I needed two hip replacements. I had beaten up my body so bad and uh, I couldn't really afford it. And one day I got a phone call. I went I was back in the States because I was hurting so bad and I got a phone call and it was a man. And he called me and he said, I heard about you in a Sunday school class. I'm in Texas. You're in Illinois. He ended up flying me to Texas, arranging all the doctors, arranging the implants. He kept me in his house, which was a beautiful, beautiful house. I felt like I was living in a in a palace or something. And he was a very wealthy man, very smart man, very educated man, capable. Uh, He was amazing. And I was a missionary who a lot of times stayed in a tent. Was I more spiritual than him? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. It was just different callings. That's all. He was called to run in those circles, too, he, and he did. He made made a lot of money and he did a lot of good, he reached out to a lot of people and he helped people like me. And he still does. You see, we're just called to do different things. You know, Paul, the apostle, was pretty poor. Abraham wasn't poor at all. They were both men of God. And they served their purpose. So the, so the thing is not, well, this person is a banker and this person's a lawyer and a doctor and this person must be more spiritual because he's a missionary. That's simply not true. But to whom much is given, much is required. If the Lord has taught me a lot about Him, it is required that I teach more about Him. If the Lord has granted someone the ability to make money and to, and to manage things and everything, they also have the responsibility of managing that. Do you see? So be very careful, young person, how you judge. The, the real key is, what is the person's gift? How has God enabled them to serve the kingdom? And are they using their resources for that? And if one man is called to live in a tent and I don't live in a tent anymore, I live in a, just a normal house. But if, if one man is called to live in a tent and another man lives in a Fine, I guess, neighborhood and things like that It doesn't make one more spiritual than the other. Be very careful how you judge. Very careful. All right. Having said that, let me see. Where are we now? Um, so why does God talk about money here? And I think uh, one of the reasons because the love of money is one of the greatest competitors to our love for God. It really is. And, and he says, look, he says here very, very clearly, you can't serve God and money. Um, either God's God or money's God. Remember, we we're talking about Elijah. You know, if God is God, serve him. Stop limping between two opinions. It's the same way here. Is God your God or is money your God? Or are you using the abilities God's given you to gain wealth in order to use it for the glory of God and the benefit of his people and the expansion of his kingdom. That's really what it comes down to. Now, we went a little long on this, and we're going to have to do another study here, because I want to talk about money or the love of money as the root of uh, as a root of all evil. And then I I also want to talk about God's promises to us. And there are promises, not like the TV evangelists talk about a lot of them. uh, they're not evangelists. I don't know what you'd call them prosperity preachers. But but God does promise to bless his people. And in the next session, we'll we'll talk about that a bit. Um, so God, God bless you so much. And and again, young people, if you'll just. My only regret. is not that I serve the Lord with too much devotion. It's that I didn't serve him. With complete devotion. It, you, you can't lose. You just can't lose. Even if you lose your life, uh, and you may, you can't lose not putting your trust in Him. Uh, God bless you. See you in the next lesson. Thank you for listening to the Studies in Proverbs podcast produced by HeartCry Missionary Society. Visit heartcrymissionary.com to view our other productions and to find out more about HeartCry Missionary Society.